Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news and your views. Alan Corcoran. The Social Justice Ireland is calling on the government to prioritise regional recovery post-COVID in the upcoming budget. They have a number of key proposals for the government which we'll hear from research and policy analyst now with Social Justice Ireland, Michelle Murphy. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Jim. Uh, we've been aware of it for a long time. Rural Ireland is in demise. We lost the post offices. We lost the bank. We lost the pub. We lost the shop. We lost the transport. What can we do? Yeah, I mean, it, it's clearly facing a number of challenges. And on top of that, then you have recovery from the pandemic. You know, the the climate action plan that's due to come out next month or rather at the end of this month and what that means for rural communities and you know the, the continuing fallout from Brexit but suppose what government can do is they actually can make regional recovery a focus in budget 2022 I mean that would require them to focus I suppose on seven key areas public services being one broadband regional economic development building sustainable rural communities, capacity building then to support communities to, you know, input on policy themselves, training and skills development, which is going to be really important now, you know, as we adapt to our greener economy, but also a lot of the, I suppose, the the jobs that make up the backbone of rural towns, you know, a lot of those are under threat from automation. So we know what counties are going to be most impacted. So, you know, we need to be putting in the plans now to support those people. And then finally, making sure that as we, you know, move to meet our climate targets, you don't leave those those villages, those towns and those people and sectors behind. You have to put in, I suppose, social supports and infrastructure to support them as we go on to, to meet our climate targets. We've, we've outlined seven key areas, and I suppose we've a number of specifics in there and looking for specific amounts of funding as well. I have to say to you, is this submission to the government, is it not too late? The budget is done and dusted. Well, no, I mean, we have been making these points, Jim, since, well, since well before our rural future was launched. And I mean, we've been, we've met Minister Humphreys around it, on this in June, actually. I suppose this is just an opportunity for us to put it back on the agenda again. We're aware the National Development Plan was coming out today, and I know roads have kind of made all the headlines today, but, you know, there is a commitment in there, you know, that development is not overly concentrated on Dublin and the eastern seaboard. Again, I mean, we'll see what actually comes out this afternoon when it's launched. But one thing that we had looked for to be in that, and we brought this up with the Minister, and it's in the briefing today, is I suppose a, a, there is a commitment to a rural-proofing model in our rural future and it's also part of the making remote work strategy. So that means that in any sort of planning, your national development plan or other plans, you have to have some sort of um, model in there to make sure that rural towns, villages and communities do have access to the services and infrastructure, reasonable access to, you know, those that are, I suppose, I suppose in the daily lives of people in more urban areas, at, at the reality is now someone living in a, in a village in the southeast. So, take for example, if you're, if you're living outside New Ross, for example, in Wexford, you're going to be travelling at least three times longer than somewhere someone living in a in an urban area to get to a GP, to get to a chemist, to get to a supermarket, for example. And you know that's if you're living close enough to a town. If you're further out, you could be travelling up to seven times longer. And then that's not taking into account things like school 
training, um, you know, higher education, further education. So, I mean, this is a, just an opportunity for us. You know, we're getting to the last week now where things, you know, things, a lot of things are still up in the air. There's, sti- there's still money up for grabs. And what we're saying is, well, you know, in your National Economic Recovery Plan, you committed to leaving no one behind in a fair recovery. I mean, we didn't do that after the financial crash. And, you know, the regions were struggling even before COVID. They're looking at doubling their unemployment rate now than it was pre-COVID. If you want to stop, you know, I suppose a regional imbalance that are really embedding itself, and you want, if you want to prevent rural decline, then you need to put your money in there. We're looking for at least five hundred and thirty million in the budget on the areas that I outlined, if not more. Uh, I don't want to sound negative, but. You know, if, in from my memory, the last 10 or 15 years, rural TDs and local representatives have been shouting from the treetops about the demise of rural Ireland. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Nothing has changed. Here we are, indeed. Um, and, you know, that, that what you say is certainly the case. But I suppose... The, the opportunity we have now is, you know, th- this new government, they did make a, a, a strong, I suppose, commitment to rural Ireland. And they t- there was a big launch of our rural future with Minister Humphreys, but also with Taoiseach and the Taunashta and Minister Ryan. And they made a lot of commitments, and that is a good strategy. But as we said to Minister Humphreys at the time, that strategy is only as good as the resources that are put in place. And if government doesn't deliver next Tuesday in terms of the resourcing, I mean, then all that they've actually committed to rural Ireland is platitudes yet again. They haven't actually, you know, given the targeted resources and specifics that are designed, that that are required rather to, you know, reinvigorate our rural communities. However, you know, the one, I wouldn't even call it a self-aligning, but I suppose the one positive thing out of the past 18 months it's been proving that remote working works. People are productive, they can work remotely, they can get their jobs done. And what people have realised, actually, you know, I would have a far better quality of life moving back to the town I grew up in, moving back to another part of the country instead of either living in the commuter belt and spending two and a half to three hours a day commuting or living in Dublin with the huge costs in terms of housing, childcare, give the challenges in terms of transport. So there is an opportunity there, you know, making remote work is the employment strategy. The challenge will be for money. I see that as a realistic hope, one very realistic hope. Uh, the change Absolutely. in our lifestyle uh, post-COVID. And I, I think you've seen it already because the latest uh, housing figures show that actually the biggest price rises in terms of housing was outside of Dublin yes. because people actually have 18 months to realise, you know what, why am I spending three hours a day in a car? Why am I coming home at the end of the week and barely making ends meet, struggling to find childcare, dealing with the traffic, struggling to pay for accommodation? I could have a far better quality of life in the southeast, in the northwest, on the western seaboard than I do in Dublin. And my family, I mean, that's the crucial thing. I think people with children and families have realised, you know what? the past 18 months has shown us there's more to life I can do my job and I can do it outside of Dublin and the one thing that it's given us it's given professional development to rural towns and villages because I suppose the problem is prior to that you didn't have what were called before the white collar jobs as you said you had to go to Dublin to Cork to go away to get those not anymore because you can do your job remotely and I think that's that's one of the, if we can build on that, if government can build on that in the budget, then you will see change. But we'll see what comes next Tuesday after lunch when yeah. uh, Minister McGrath and you stand up. I don't know if you remember, but I remember, and many people listening this morning will remember, uh, the government's uh, decentralisation programme back yeah. in the mid-90s, which mm-hmm. I remember thinking at the time, 
Jeepers, what a great idea. But the thing just... It was badly handled. It was badly... The, the, the public relations machine behind it was all wrong. It didn't work like it should have worked. That was, that was to me, that was an over, a, a, a fantastic panacea to all of the rural problems. It was, and I suppose they didn't... The announcement was made, but you could argue that the, the actual planning and the input yes. and how it was going to be done wasn't thought through beforehand. I think now what you've seen is there's a commitment that 20% of um, public service jobs or pub- at least 20% of the, the work can be done remotely. So that is in itself another form of decentralisation, yes. if yeah. you want to call it. And I think you, you'll see that expanded because you are seeing things, you know, things like the Department of Social Protection, the Revenue Commissioners, for example, and other public bodies are making a real effort to establish sort of regional hubs outside of Dublin. And they're moving in. There are really good job opportunities available, skilled job opportunities now coming up outside of Dublin. I think the remote working is going to to build on that. The commitment to public service, you know, the, the, the amount... 20% of public servants and public sector jobs remotely is building on that. And I think you'll then see the private sector follow through. And that is the real opportunity. But I suppose to make that work, then you have to deliver your remote working hubs. And there's four new ones planned for, for Wexford, for example, I think two or three more for Waterford. But that means putting in the money, not just for the broadband, but all the other support services that a hub needs so that... um an SME or a micro-enterprise or someone who works for a company based, for example, in Cork or Dublin, if they don't want necessarily want to work at home or if they need a meeting space, they can book it in their remote working hub and then they can go there and be assured that all the services they need are going to be there at their fingertips. I'm just looking at a few of your headings. Uh, the public mm-hmm. services, we've, we've, we've spoken about that. The broadband, you've just mentioned it. Regi- yeah. uh, regional economic development, um, sustainable communities capacity building, skills. These are all the headings, just transition. What do you mean by just transition? Well, it's, you know, it's it's in the lexicon now, just transition. And, you know, the climate action plan is coming out. We have the bill. What we're saying is if you are going to have a just transition and you're not going to leave, you know, and the whole purpose, the whole meaning behind it is that you don't leave people or communities behind, then you have to put in the support. So, for example, you need to put in the retrofitting you need to put in community energy advisors to sort of engage with people and particularly households in energy poverty to see how they can be supported to look at how you support farmers for example in terms of um, agricultural strategy and policy there's a farm to fork strategy now coming out of the EU so how do you support local cooperatives and regional farm to fork strategies how do you do that what sort of money is required those are the kind of things we're talking about here how for example do communities have access to a bus or a train line? If we're going to be increasing carbon taxes, which we are, and phasing out, you know, new diesel cars, for example, post twenty thirty, then how are people supposed to get to a, a school, to college, to get to a shop, to get to a GP appointment, for example, if they don't have public transport options but available? I also, so, I also see a need for shift in people's own personal way of thinking. Uh, we, we have this, whether we like it or not, we have this rural-urban divide whereby people in Dublin or the larger cities, they look on rural dwellers as being somewhat different, shall we say. Um, and maybe we need some sort of a, a publicity campaign or awareness of what country life is like, the advantages of country life and so on. Am I making sense? Yes, and I think you're seeing more of that because 
you know, the reality is most people in Dublin are their parents, generally at least one of their parents is from another part of Ireland somewhere down the country. So even though people might think there's a difference in reality, there really is there is a difference in terms of how quick you know, you if you're in Dublin you can get on a Lewis, you can hop on a bus, there's hospitals, there's universities, you've access to all of that where and, and then you can get stuck in a traffic jam for two hours on the M fifty. Exactly. Whereas if you're living, you know, in the country, if you're living in the southeast, if a journey is 15 minutes, generally it's 15 minutes door to door. That's what it is. If it's 40 minutes, it's 40 minutes. You're not looking at your watch thinking, well, it's 10 to 8 now, I'm going to hit this traffic. What normally should be a 10 minute journey is going to take me half an hour. I'll actually wait. You know, you don't have those those challenges. So there's, there's all those advantages um, to living, you know, outside of Dublin. And I think even just the fact that people have been staycationing for the past two summers rather than going abroad on their holidays has actually meant that people okay. see parts of their country they've never seen before. But we'll see what Minister Humphrey delivers on Tuesday. I mean, Yeah, let's hope we can make rural Ireland more attractive and, as you say, put all the, the, the supports in over the coming years to, to make that happen. Thank you very much indeed. That was Michelle Murphy there, a policy analyst with Social Justice Ireland. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.